Hello, this is Kevin McMullen, Senior Pastor of Independence Christian Center. Thanks for joining us as we break the bread of life today. Our prayer is that your faith in our Lord Jesus Christ is strengthened by this word. God bless you. We're close, in all probability closing our uh, series on the abundant life tonight. I want to talk, believe it or not, around Christmas time, and, and you can file this away, about feasting and fasting. Fasting. Everybody say fasting. Fast is a four-letter word, so say fasting. Amen. Isaiah 58, 6 says, Is this not the fast which I choose, to loosen the bonds of wickedness, to undo the bands of the yoke, and to let the oppressed go free and break every yoke? John Wesley famously said that some have exalted religious fasting beyond all scripture and reason, and others have utterly disregarded it. And fasting, you know, just to be honest, in modern America is really against the grain. So let me give you some food for thought. You did not do that. Did he just do He just did that. Okay. Well, our modern American culture caters <coughs> to the physical man. It really does. Uh, everywhere we go, everything we see seems to be pointed at the body. You know, and it's no accident. Uh, you know, that's no accident. Let me ask you a question. Which do you think Kansas City Metro has more of? Restaurants or churches? I think that answer is pretty well, uh, pretty well self-evident. In fact, there have been times uh, in 1999 when the Lord spoke to me and said, I will not be ignored indefinitely. And he is in the process of getting everyone's attention. And believe me, that is about to ramp up in the next few months in a major way. And um, I remember when I was, it was the 4th of July, we were coming to church. We were still at two services in 99. And and so it was early in the morning. I had my dad with me. And, and uh, we, I mean, the traffic was on the interstate was almost as heavy as a, as a work day. And this is at like 7.30 in the morning. Uh, almost as heavy as a work day. People were, and of course it was a warm day, July the 4th. And people are out walking the little blue trace over there. And we came past the corner cafe over here. And the parking lot was jammed to the gills. And, you know... You know, I'm thinking, I don't know who's preaching over at the corner today, but they've drawn quite a crowd. And, you know, uh, you know, in Luke chapter 17 and verse 28, Jesus said this, it, you know, it was the same as happened in the days of Lot or will be. They were eating, they were drinking, they were buying, they were selling, they were planting, they were uh, they were building, eating and drinking held the primary position there. Uh, I just looked up a couple of statistics according to the National Restaurant Association. In 1955, uh, 25% of the average family's food budget was spent on dining out, 25%. By the year 2000, that had risen to 40.5%. And by 2005, it was up to 47. Now, it's up a little bit higher than that today in the pandemic, you know, the COVID situation had an impact on that and economic conditions and inflation have also had an impact on that. But 
people eat uh, Americans as not individual everybody but as a whole we spend a little bit more money out of our food budget every year eating out than we do eating in and so uh, and I remember a few years ago when they remodeled some of the grocery stores here in town that uh, all at once it was vogue and fashionable for everybody to have a deli how many of you remember when grocery stores did not have delis and now every grocery store you go to has a deli and some of them are quite you know fancy quite you know uh, quite elaborate uh, the one down here in High V is just you know really really elaborate and I was doing a little bit of checking on that and they said the reason for that is that because that was the trend many years ago Grocery store owners were pretty much told if you don't do that, you're going to lose you're going to lose market share because people not only go to buy food, they expect to be able to because they're finding it other places they, they expected to buy some that's already prepared. You know, food is huge business. Amen. Restauranters know that good food, the restauranteurs know that good food alone is not enough to be successful. Um, you got to advertise. Last year, 2021, uh, you know, uh, $5 billion were spent in this nation on food ads. Believe it or not, McDonald's, the Golden Arches Steakhouse, spent $490 million on ads, but they were outdone by Domino's Pizza which came in number one last year. Between the two of them, they did approximately $1 billion worth of advertising. And I want you to think about who those, you know, I remember the other day watching a, you know, it was during a football game, I think, and there was a McDonald's ad for the quarter pounder. And they're going out and getting some big voice talent because I was listening to it and I went, that's Brian Cox. You know, I, I recognized his voice. And so, you know, Come, you know, think about it. Food consumed at ball games. You know, that's probably because food consumed at ball games and movies or other entertainment events has no caloric value. You don't have to count that on your diet, right? Uh, you know, junior man's come. You know, milk duds, stuff like that. It doesn't, they don't. You know, if it's at the movie, it doesn't count. And so we have comfort food. We have entertainment food. We have boredom food. You know, party food. How many of you have cars that have at least four cup holders? See, when I was growing up, none of our cars had cup holders. You know, and now you've got more cup holders than you have seat belts. You know, and, uh, and con conversion in minivans now sometimes come with a little refrigerator in them. You know, think about that. You know, what's next? A fry daddy in the dash? You know, you your convection oven there in the dash where you can just throw it in, you know. And believe it or not, even though it's probably been a while since some of us have done it, fasting is not extreme. There are people that would consider it so, but it's not. It's actually a normal expression of or activity of spirituality. Matthew chapter 6 and verses 16 through 18. Now remember, Matthew 6 is about blessed, comes under the rubric of the, uh, the heading of the beatitude that says, blessed are the pure in heart. 
for they shall perceive God. And all of Matthew chapter six is about doing things from right motives. And so it all comes under that. And the three things he mentions there are fasting and praying and giving. He says, whenever you fast, Matthew 16, verse 16, says, whenever you fast. He didn't say if. This was not the night to preach on this. Okay. <laughs> whenever you fast, don't put on a gloomy face like the hypocrites do. For they neglect their appearance so that they will be noticed by men when they are fasting. Oh, brother, so-and-so is fasting. Is he not holy? I mean, look at that. He's still got bedhead. You know, he's, he's, you know. And truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. But you, when you fast, everybody say when. Anoint your head and wash your face so that your fasting will not be noticed by men, but by your father who sees in secret. And your father who sees what is done in secret will what? Reward you. So he includes fasting alongside prayer and alongside giving as spiritual disciplines. As he calls them those things, those three things, righteousness. In Acts chapter 13, verses 2 and 3. It says, you know, there were, to, you know, the verse, first verse says there were at Antioch in the church that was there prophets and teachers and it named Barnabas and, and Simeon, who's also called Niger and, you know, other people. And then it says the, the guy that was raised with Herod, the Tetrarch, and then it mentions Saul. And it says, while they were ministering to the Lord. What is that? That's praise and worship and fasting. Now they weren't, why were they fasting? Just to minister to the Lord, to hear the voice of the Lord. And the Holy Spirit said, now we don't know how he said it. We don't know if it was tongues interpretation, if it was prophetic utterance, what? But it says, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then when they had fasted and prayed. So they did it, they fasted again. When they got ready, apparently they didn't do it right then. Apparently something that they discussed, they prayed about, they fasted, and then they laid hands on them and they sent them away. You know, Paul over in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 27 speaks of, it, it, in many modern versions it says when he's talking about the things that he's endured, often without food. You know, uh, the King James version says fastings often. And even the more modern renderings put a footnote there and say that this could easily mean that he often fasted. It could be that he was fasting. It could be he was on what we might call an enforced fast where there isn't anything to eat. And so when we fast, the focus is supposed to be upon God himself. When we fast... <laughs> The emphasis is not supposed to be on us. It's supposed to be on God himself. Amen. Okay, you know, I'm going over there from now on. If you guys are, you know, just going to. And um, fasting isn't, uh, there are some people that think it is. I, I remember hearing about this one guy that said that he was going to fast until Jesus appeared to him. And I've known people that have said that and got really hungry and decided to go ahead and eat and didn't see anything except delusions. 
one guy did have Jesus appeared to him and basically he preached the book of Ephesians to him, which you know you could have read and had a hamburger. But, you know, fasting isn't showing God, I mean business. Or it's not coaxing God. It's not coercing God to do something for me. And in fact, in Zechariah 7 and 5, when he is upbraiding the people, he says, Say to all the people of the land and to the priests, when you fasted and mourned in the fifth and seventh month, these 70 years, talking about their captivity in Babylon, was it actually for me that you fasted? That's a rhetorical question because clearly it wasn't. They wanted something from him. They were, you know, you, you could get, you know, I know it may be hard for a person who doesn't enjoy fasting or doesn't fast very often or at all to even imagine fasting as being something that somebody would do, uh, you know, as a, you know, you know, just to, to check a box. But, you know, God is saying, are you really fasting for me or... Are you attempting, did you just tack me on to an attempt to reduce your dress size by three sizes or your, um, you know, your, 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 your waistband by three or four inches, whatever. It is a believer's privilege to fast. Is it commanded in the scripture? The answer to that question is no, it's not. In the Old Testament, the only time that was, that was uh, a day of fasting declared uh, by God was Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. By the time the New Testament came along, 21 other fast days had been added by tradition, by men, not by God. Fasting is an intensely personal thing before between us and God. It's as Matthew uh, says there, do it in secret. It's supposed to be between you and between God. It's not supposed to be something that's out there. Now, I know pastors who have called for a church-wide fast for this or that or something else. Now, I cannot address every one of those situations and their outcomes because I don't know them. I do know two or three. First of all, we've never done that here. And I, I don't apologize for that because I'm not going to declare something like that unless I overwhelmingly know from the Lord that it is absolutely something he wants done. Uh, because it's, you know, otherwise, what are we doing? We're, I don't know what we're doing. But I've got a couple of, of acquaintances in ministry who've called church-wide fasts over things. And they were, you know, saying we're fasting over this and et cetera like that. And to be honest with you, if it accomplished anything, I didn't see it. I don't know it. And so, you know, I'm, you know, fasting is, is, is personal in nature. It is an inner discipline, not a corporate one. And uncomfortable, but very profitable part of true discipleship. Only twice in my three weeks, 68 years on this planet, has the Lord spoken to me to fast. And when he did those two times, not eating was easy. It was easy. I mean, in fact, by 
the end of the third day, I was beginning to get worried that perhaps something was wrong. I was worried because I wasn't hungry. I was worried because I wasn't sitting around. Because I've done enough fasting to know that a lot of times when I fast, I'm paying not as much attention to, to the Lord as I am thinking about how hungry I am. You know, I heard one guy talk about how he has a whole shelf full of cookbooks in his kitchen, all of which he purchased while he was fasting. That, you know, that when he is fasting, you know, he'll be looking through, go, that looks like a great book. And he'll buy it and put, you know, like Eddie said, he may not ever use it or open it. But, you know, he, he, you know, and, you know, they say, don't go to the grocery store hungry. You know, that you, you know, that you'll, you'll spend more money than you should. And that things that you ordinarily wouldn't buy might jump into your, your basket. Well, you know, maybe that's the same way with fasting. Maybe we shouldn't go looking, going, uh, browsing through Amazon in the cookbook section. Thinking about, you know, what, you know, uh, fasting is uncomfortable because the body complains. We'll talk about that in a second. But it is a very profitable, profitable part of true discipleship. Why? Because it flows against the grain of our flesh in a big way. And that is exactly what you would expect something, a spiritual discipline to do. Because it begins to deal with the body. The body, your body and my body, our flesh, wants to run the show. Have you noticed? Give me this. Feed me that. I want some of that. I'm cold. I'm hot. I'm hungry. I'm tired. I'm bored. Pamper me. Coddle me. Comfort me. Feed me. Burp me. <laughs> Whatever. You know. Our bodies just make all kinds of demands on us all the time. And, you know, have, have you ever been at a meal? I got to ask that question. Have you ever been eating at a meal and something, you know, after maybe a certain amount of eating, maybe not a whole lot, you know, something said, okay, stop now. And your body said, do what? Uh, I remember a friend of mine one time we were eating and he said, you know what? I really don't need the rest of this. He said, my brain is saying, you know, that's enough. But my mouth is saying, no, it's not. And so, and I knew exactly what, what he meant. When we fast, we deal with our body. We get its attention. Amen. In fact, in first Corinthians chapter nine and verse 27, Paul says, but I discipline my body. And make it my slave. So that after I have preached to others. I myself will not be disqualified. Disqualified from what? Heaven? No. But disqualified from, from, the, uh, uh, from, the, from the rewards that he's accruing in heaven. Because he's following the, the, he's following the Lord. But where it says, I discipline my body. You are probably aware of the fact that the King James Version says... I buffet my body. Now, the Greek means to strike with the fist and to beat black and blue. To buffet my body. Not to buffet my body. To buffet my body. To make it my slave. To keep my body, to keep my flesh in line. To keep it in balance. I have discovered that 
oftentimes if I've just, if I really want to be serious about losing some weight and going on a diet, I'll fast one day, maybe a day and a half. Why? Not because I'm not trying to just kickstart the diet. What I'm doing is I'm dealing with my body to say, okay, I'm in charge here. And if you keep complaining, we'll go another day. If you keep complaining, there, you know, there won't be, there won't be another quarter pounder with cheese or Whataburger or, you know, fill in the blank, you know, to keep the body in line, to keep the body in balance, to keep it subjected to us. In fact, um, uh, in Psalm 35, David is talking about how when he when somebody who turned on him and turned became an enemy, he said when they were sick, I prayed for them. In fact, in verse 13, B, he says, I humbled my soul with fasting. That word translated humbled there is in many places translated afflicted. I afflicted my soul with fasting. How many of you have ever fasted and you definitely knew you were being afflicted? Self-affliction. All right. When you're fat, when you fast and if you're not used to it, your mind uh, you, or you might find your flesh rebelling. Now, somebody said, well, yeah, I'm hangry. You know, my blood sugar's in the basement. And so, you know, it's, it's ill-temperedness, you know. And, or I'm angry, I'm fearful, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm ill-tempered, you know. But that isn't all low blood sugar. It's the physical man having his hissy fit conniption. And he will, or she will. But don't give up. Stay with it. The voice of the body will change as you gain mastery. It'll start off with roaring demands. Then the next stage is negotiation. Just give me the hamburger and I won't bother you again. Then it turns into begging. Ask me how I know this. Okay. Then it'll begin to whimper. And then finally, somewhere along the line, it bows its knee and becomes silent. And it's no longer, you know, this internal war. Our minds during a fast are supposed to be focused upon the Lord. Biblical fasting cannot be done, at least right, apart from prayer and meditation. Spend the time you would have ordinarily spent eating. And believe me, that's probably more time than we would care to admit. And spend that time in the scripture. Spend that time in prayer. Spend that time in meditation. What were they doing? They were ministering to the Lord and fasting. Now, when it says they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, does that mean they'd been fasting for 30 days? You hear these people say, well, I was on a 30-day fast for this or whatever. One time a guy came into my office, you know, and he came in and was, I don't know, you know, he was from a, another, he was affiliated with a, another congregation here in the area and that was famous for stuff like that and Old Testament style Christianity. And he said, well, I went on a 40 day fast for this and so. And I thought, dude, you know, when you start throwing stuff around like that, do you realize that what you're doing is you are bragging and that's in direct contravention of scripture where Jesus says those things are to be between you and him. You don't need to tell me about your 40 day fast. I am impressed, but not the way you think. And was there, you know, 
was there anybody that went on a 40 day fast in the scripture? Well, Jesus went 40 days, but it doesn't say that it was a total fast. It doesn't say he went and he said he ate nothing and then he became hungry. You can't count Moses because he was in the very presence of God. And you can't count Elijah because it said he went in the strength of that food 40 days. So biblical fasting is, you know, uh, is not the Elvis diet. Elvis used to just go days on end without food to try to lose weight when he's getting ready to go on, you know, you know, on tour or something of that nature, you know. Anything where I'm just skipping food and not making any adjustment to my spiritual routine, to my time in the scripture, my time with God, is is basically just the Elvis diet. It's just a draconian diet. It's just, you know, that's all it is. And I'm not going to say that it won't do you any good, but it's a time for fellowship with God and in his word. Don't expect... God to appear to you in the middle of the fast and give you some sort of an epiphany or an audible voice or something like that. Could it happen? Sure. But generally speaking, my experience and the experience of many individuals for whom I have great respect talking about it said that their answers generally come well afterwards. That it is something that, that, you know, that, you know, I'm, I'm not so sure God necessarily wants to answer us in the middle of the fast just to make sure that we understand that the fast didn't move him to do that. Everybody say amen. You know, over time, though, as you gain mastery over your body, you will see changes. You'll see changes in your physique. You'll see changes in your, your, your attitude and relationship with food. You'll see changes in your attitude and relationship toward a great many things. And your priorities begin to be, you know, Brother Hagen, Kenneth Hagen used to talk about living a fasted life. And what he meant by that is don't ever eat, you know, all you want. Push away from the table before you feel full. And what is that doing? You know, I'll be honest, you know, we, we just had a big feast day, right? Thanksgiving. And I can remember when I was a kid. I mean, literally eating to the point that when I got up from the table, I honestly felt like my center of gravity had shifted. I was so full, it was uncomfortable. And that, you know, I would, I would say that's overeating. And I, I would. But... It was really good. Even pagan and heathen religions are aware that fasting will make you more sensitive spiritually and turn down the noise of the flesh. Uh, and if you are meditating, you are fasting in your body. Now, some of the things people say, well, I'm fasting chocolate. Okay, but can you give me scripture for that? You know, well, it's a no pleasant bread fast. Well, we're not entirely sure. That was from Daniel. I ate no pleasant bread. We're not, well, chocolate would be pleasant. You know, I'm, I, I think I've got a grandson that does not like chocolate. And it's like, come out of him. <laughs> That's not normal. He used to not like peanut butter, which is equally weird, but he's outgrown that. Um, If we, you know, we are to be feeding our spirit, even though we may be starving the body. 
we're fasting in our, our flesh, but we're feasting. Man, our spirit, man shall not live by what? Bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Are you getting anything out of this? Everybody's, I know a lot of people are tired and a lot of people, you know, we've got a lot of people that don't feel well. And if you don't feel well, mm-hmm. So let me talk to you about a workable plan here. We're, we're going to go short tonight so that you can go out and get something to eat afterwards. <laughs> don't declare a 40-day fast to begin tonight. In fact, if you've never fasted more than 40 hours, don't declare a 40-day fast, period. One of the things, I used to fast every Wednesday and did that for many years. And uh, I got to say that it was beneficial. But to be candid with you, there would be, you know, I kind of would want to sneak up on it in my body. In other words, I'm thinking, you know, I think I may do this, you know, someday or whatever like that. But the minute I declare, okay, I'm going to fast on Thursday. Believe me, every uh, every demonic french fry in the world, every spirit of burger, every spirit of taco, every spirit of burrito, every, you know, they all show up, you know, and, 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 and you know, but you're going to, we just have to work through that. Another person would say, well, you know, I'm going to be fasting tomorrow, so I'm really going to eat big tonight. That's going to make it harder, not easier. Uh, because, you know, you, you, you pamper your, your, your flesh and then turn around to spank it, right? You won't, you know, when we say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fast. I'm going to fast three days. Okay, well, do you mean three days, exactly 72 hours? Do you mean, um, you know, what do you mean? Make up your mind in advance what, what, what you're, you know, you're going to do. Pray about it. See what the Lord. And if you've never done something like that, don't bite off more than you can chew. Don't set yourself up for failure. Now, if you have declared, I'm going to fast for three days and three nights, you know, whatever. And then you, you know, fall off the wagon somewhere like day two or halfway through the third day. Don't get condemned about it. Don't get condemned about it. Okay. Got the amen corner over here. Every every pastor needs one. Uh, You don't train for a marathon by running 26 months, waking up one morning and say, you know what, I'm going to run the Boston Marathon. No, I'm not a runner, but today I've, I've been over to... Uh, Coles, and I bought myself a pair of jogging shorts, and I've got, I've been over to the athlete, the foot locker, and I, the athlete's foot, I've got the, 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 the foot locker, and I've, I bought myself a really expensive pair of running shoes, and I, I got this, I got this thing, you know, got this jersey I can wear that lets the air get through and everything, and when headlights hit it, it, it really lights up, you know, and, I, and in fact, they can even see the reflectors on the back of these real expensive shoes I bought, and so I'm going out today and start training for a marathon. Well, how far are you going? I'm going 26 miles today. No, you're not. No, you are not. If you go 26 miles today, it will be behind the wheel of your car or on a motorcycle because you're not going to do that. Start small. Start with baby steps. Train your body. How many of you with me? 
you know, begin, start with a meal, a single meal. You know, you know what, I'm going to fast lunch today. But you don't ordinarily eat lunch. Shh. Skip the meal that you choose, the meal of your choice, whatever. You know, a lot extra time for God. Be sure to drink plenty of water. Okay, that's really important. And tell your spoiled child's stomach it is not dying. You'll feed it later. You know, and then as you develop that, you know, it's just like, it's no different than getting up and saying, you know what, my prayer life isn't what it should be. And so I'm going to pray two hours a day in tongues. Well, how long have you been praying? Well, five, six minutes. Well, good. Praise God for five or six minutes. But you're probably not going to be able to hang in there for two solid hours. Your brain's going to go cuckoo. So start working up to it. Fast longer as you're led or as you desire. You can go to two days or three days or seven days or if you're, if you're completely, you know, 30, you know. But don't make a religion out of it. God does not consider the length of the fast a measure of holiness. And so neither should we. In fact, some, judging by the scriptures, some people's fasts were not didn't produce good fruit, they produced negative fruit in them. And so, and be sure to eat lightly before the fast. Now, you know, and when you're leading into it. Another thing is this, if you have fasted for a couple of days, and maybe even like three, don't sit down, yes, the fast is over, and eat a double beef whopper with cheese, two large fries, blah, 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 you know, fill in the blah, you know, whatever food, you know, because you're going to make yourself sick because your stomach has checked out and all at once here's all this stuff coming down. And particularly if you've been on a longer one, like several days or a week or more than a week and everything, start off with some juice. Start off with, you know, uh, get, get someone to liquefy some kale for you. And... My wife drinks some stuff that I look at and go, that's got to be healthy. It's got to be. At least I hope it is. And I know that there are flavonoids in that and there's, there's great benefit in that. I'm not making fun of that. I'm not. I'm making fun of me. Uh, some people should not fast. Diabetics should not fast. Okay? And, and you should not feel guilty about that. Uh, Pregnant women, not a good idea. There are multiple health conditions that would preclude fasting. You know, if you're hypoglycemic or, you know, something of that nature, if you've had problems with that, you need to, you know, the last thing you need is to wake up in an ambulance on your way to the hospital, you know, because you passed out at work because you were fasting and you had a blood sugar situation to begin with. All right. This is going to sound like a disclaimer. Talk to your doctor. You know, consult a physician if you have any questions, you know, if you have concern. But most of us, and of course, you know, it's, it, most of us uh, could, can fast, and most of us should. It is a normal part of our spiritual walk 
and our spiritual development. Again, it doesn't have to be, you know, I remember one preacher that used to have a, go on a 30-day fast every year, first part of the year, get his head clear with God and everything. And fine, you know, I'm certainly not belittling that or besmirching it, but I'm saying when people get up and they talk about stuff like that, there will be people who will look at that and think that that's what they've got to do from here to hear from God. And I'm here, to, I'm, I'm telling you, that's not true. And if God tells you, I, I want you to fast for 30 days, he will get you that. I know churches where God has spoken. There's one church of which I, I'm aware where God has spoken to the whole church to do uh, a fast like that. And they went on an extended period. I, I don't remember the exact length. I don't remember if it was three weeks or, or 30 days and everything. And the whole church sailed through it. Nobody, you know, they didn't have any murders, you know, or assaults. And everybody and and God did awesome things, but that was something that He called. He called. I have one friend that I remember that there was something going on. She didn't know what it was at the time, but the Lord said, "Don't eat anything until I tell you tell you to." And she went two or three days, and then the Lord just came back and said, "You can you can eat now." She thinks it may have had to do with one of one of her children who was having a health issue that arose during that period of time. But we don't, you know, I don't know that they that she knows for sure. I know that there have been times like that where I felt like the Lord was saying, "Don't, you know, don't eat anything tonight before you go to bed. Don't, you know," and and so, but you know, okay, you know, but that's been very rare. But be open to it, you know, and you know, don't be because your body will go. No, I've got the leftovers from, you know, Jose Peppers in that refrigerator that I was going to eat tonight. I have that plan. I mean, that spinaca is calling my name. But when the Lord speaks to you, you say, okay, you know. How often did you fast? Well, that's between you and God. The Pharisees fasted twice a week. Um, the, their, you know, the, the, uh, the, on the market days. Now, when they fasted twice a week, they fasted daylight hours. In other words, after the sun came up, they didn't eat anything and they didn't eat anything until the sun went down. So before the sun came up, they could eat. And then after the sun went down, they could eat before sunrise and after sunset, but not eating anything during that period of time. The Muslims have Ramadan, you know, their fasting month, which happens to be during the period of time where in the northern hemisphere the days are at their shortest. And in Ramadan, it's not a, a total fast 24-7, 365. It is just between sun, uh, sun up and sun down. All right. Um, done right and done biblically, fasting will have a positive impact upon us spiritually if our musicians would come. It is a joy, not a burden. It is a source, should be a source of strength. It should be a, uh, it, and, and you'll, you'll be surprised because it, it's, it, it surprised me that when I start limiting my body and saying, okay, you know, it, you know, be honest with you, even sometimes when I'm, uh, when I'm just, when I was uh, recently here, uh, we just, started really watching our carbs and everything and I'd gotten I remember when we first went on on the internet I was watching the replay of it and go man I'm quite the pudge here 
you know. They say TV adds 10 pounds or 30. And so I dropped some weight. I put a little bit of it back on, but nowhere near all of it. And the interesting thing was that as I went through the day, I had more energy. I was more alert. And I wasn't craving food. And believe me, for me not to crave food, that's pretty special. Because me and food go way back. We do. And it, it, you, you can make it into a lifestyle. You really can. And it's a joy, not a burden. It's a source of strength. It's not a weakness. And though, again, when you're doing that, when you're, when you're fasting your body, you should be feeding your spirit. And the burgeoning of that inner man who, you know, now that the flesh has been tamped down, it's amazing how your soul will be able to better detect what the spirit man is saying. I mean, you're with me, you know. Plus, you know, I'm reading all the time now about intermittent fasting. That's, that's a big deal right now. I mean, just type in intermittent fasting on YouTube and there's like a gajillion and one videos out there about intermittent fasting by physicians and chiropractic, you know, chiropractic physicians and, and nutritionists and, you know, people like that. And what happens is over, you know, when you, when you adopt it as a lifestyle, it will begin to change your taste. It'll begin to change your, your, the, the, the very, the very way you look at things, the way you look at food in particular. And that is something Jesus said, when you fast, not if, but when. Everybody say amen. amen. Let's all stand. Say, Man, he got done early tonight. I don't know how much more fasting you could do. Those of you watching by web. Yes. This is not something that is would be terribly popular in the world. In fact, you know, f food has become an entire entertainment industry. We have whole cults of people called foodies. And I'm not, I'm not besmirching that. I'm not denigrating that. I mean, you know, it, it, if that's, you know, people love to get into stuff like that and so fine, but it shouldn't control us. In fact, Paul even says God is going to do away with both food and stomachs. I, I'm not sure what that means, but I'm hoping that if when he does that, that there'll be something better than food out there because I enjoy a good steak. I enjoy a good burger. I enjoy, you know, you know, just, I haven't met a whole lot of food I didn't like. But it is part of life to tell the flesh, you sit down and be quiet so I can hear from God. If you're watching this tonight and you, or today, whenever you're watching, and you do not know Jesus of Nazareth, as your Lord and your Savior. This is probably not a good time, I suppose, to present an altar call because you might think, well, if I become a Christian, I'm going to have to fast and I don't want to do that. You know what? Don't worry about that. You just come to Jesus and allow him to change you from the inside out. Don't worry about fasting. Don't worry about all of that. You just believe with your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Turn from your old life unto him and allow him to do that in you. Because there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. 
And believer, if you're not fasting at all, and you have the ability to, and you don't have these caveats of which I've spoke earlier, these things that would keep you from so doing, consider including that in your routine. It doesn't have to be every week. It doesn't even have to be every month. You work it out between you and God. And get into it reasonably and slowly. Don't set yourself up for failure. Set yourself up for success. And I can assure you the Holy Spirit will help you with that. Amen and amen. We hope this message has been a great blessing to you and has helped build your faith in Jesus. We encourage you to visit our app, Independence Christian Center, on your cell phone available from the Apple App Store or Android, Google Play. You can also find us on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon, YouTube, and Facebook, again, under Independence Christian Center, or at our website, iccfamily.org, iccfamily.org. Our heart's desire here is to labor with the Lord in building His body. Until next time, may God's very best be yours.